So thanks for that, Naomi. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so just before, just a few minutes, just a chat about what we talked about. If there's anything you wanted to add or any, anything burning that you thought, well, hang on a minute, I should have said that. I want to know what you think of. Oh, I see. Like the, 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 the tables are turned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the sort of the, the texture, the landscape of the worlds. Yeah, that's very interesting. I I always had a notion that there was this deep connection between landscape and stories, particularly with Welsh material, and that a visit to where the story happens mm -hmm. is very, very important. And I think the first time I had to really think about it was my first trip to Llechron or Gronu Stone, because there's, there it is. And it is exactly pretty much where the story says it should be. It's pointing towards the sky. It's got this fist-sized hole at heart height. You could hide behind it if someone was throwing a, a spear at you from mm -hmm. just over that river, which was right beside. Um, but I didn't want to either archaeologise it mm -hmm. as an artefact, and I didn't want to turn it into a shrine. So... I, for a while I was a bit confused about what I wanted to do and I think my answer finally was to just listen mm. just be there and not act out anything about this is the place where Lay, the great sun god da 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 mm. no uh, yeah we know that he is a kind of sun god in disguise and all the rest but if you start getting off on all that, I first personally feel that it's an acting out which is much more about you and it can be fun, but you shouldn't perhaps be doing it in front of other people, especially if they've paid money to watch you do it. Mm. That There's an embodiment that happens when you listen. And that embodiment, in my humble opinion, is more a more authentic uh, attitude and approach to this intimate connection between landscape and story. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. And that's why all that time spent uh, working on Tom and Amir, getting used to the place, so it doesn't become... Uh, we're not visiting it in a touristic way. Mm -hmm. and in fact, I think that one of the best things that happened when we were there was that it rained all day. Yeah. Because we had to be there. We had to sit and slow down... Mm until we were inhabiting the landscape rather than visiting it. In our kind of superficial way, we weren't inhabitants of the landscape the way the people who live there are. But we came to know it. And if you drag a harp, in its case, up and down a hill a few times, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. a, bit, a bit of you rubs off on the hill and a bit mm -hmm. of the hill rubs off on you. Um, and I think that obligation to slow down and spend the whole day there rather than just go off and, and do a shoot, I think that alleged day of shooting was in fact mm. one of the most profound days of creative research that we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also the being away. Yeah, yeah. For that period, I mm. think uh, avoiding the daily uh, distractions mm. uh, and obligations to just sink into each other's company mm -hmm. and the landscape Mm. And cook together, simple things mm. like that, I think, mm. are literally and metaphorically nourishing mm. and made the space where we could work. Yeah, yeah. We must say a really, really big thank you to David for helping us. You know, being able to be up at Bellinghaven, his 
uh, work with us on the forging of the spear. That was amazing. And telling us about the elemental um, movement of iron from ore and all of all of that. You know, that w- that was incredible. Really, at the start of the. I mean, it's, I mean, process. in in this story, there's a point where someone throws a spear through a huge lump of rock, and uh, someone else has to forge that spear. Mm. So we did both sides of the equation, Grano making it. So we made a spear mm. um, from a lump of iron and a bit of ash into a spear with David's help. Mm. And then we chucked it through a big rock. Mm, you did. And, well, yeah, I did. I <laughs> didn't I? And yeah. it, it, the interesting thing is, I know as a fact that a spear thrown with sufficient force will go through mm-hmm. a great big rock. Mm-hmm. It's not just he was big and strong. Mm. It will actually happen mm. if you get it right. And by some fluke, we, I did get it right. Mm. Uh, so that moment there, I, it was that weird thing where, although I'm not physically part of the spear, when it went through the rock, I felt it. Yeah, right, right. Mm. So that is replayed mm-hmm. every time I do it. Is it? Mm, interesting. It's another special effects moment because the hissing of the spear through the air and the and the re- reflection on the water. I mean, I am really interested how storytellers are directing. And you're the film director, you're the mm. editor, you're the writer, you're the actors. You know, you're completely conjuring in all those different ways as you're telling the story. I think point of view is the secret weapon of storytelling, and it's why film works. Mm. We couldn't read a film if we weren't already. If we didn't already understand how to read a story. Right. Because otherwise it would just be a very confusing series of images. Yeah. But because we know that when we go into the narrative space, the point of view is going to keep on changing. Mm. Um, then uh, we're able to follow a film. And also there's an interesting rule in inverted commas in film. That is you don't move the camera between more and... You don't move a camera between shots more than 180 degrees. Right. Because when you do that, the right becomes the left and the left becomes mm. right. And it's the same as storytelling. Mm. Right. Anyway. Mm, that's interesting. Lots to ponder on. Mm. Thanks, Naomi. Thank you all.